I, I approach the following few minutes with you, Bechilu Berada, with fear and trepidation. Now that's hopefully true whenever there's an opportunity to share words, but specifically when it comes to somehow putting words uh, into a description uh, in regards to the world in Torah of Reb Morchai Yosef Leiner, the Me'ashiloach, the Ish the first Ish his son, his, uh, his grandson, and his great-grandsons, as much as they always say, you know, there's everyone, and then there's the Ishbitzer, it's, it's really, really true in this case. There really is everyone else, and everyone has their own place. Ishbitzer is something legamre, legamre on its own. It's a whole world of kisufim, of longing. And it's a world that I'm going to attempt in a few minutes just to share from a very pushed and humble place, my own limited perspective, as for, for many, many years now, since I'm a, a young teenager, I somehow have had the most wild and beautiful dance, Mamasha dance, with the world of the Mashilach and his children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And... The greatest part about it is that I haven't even scratched the surface. When I say the concept, the word, the magical word, ishbitz, I'm trying to think, like, what comes to mind, first of all? What's the first thing that comes to mind? I think it's most probably something that we're all in need of. We want to be people that are melamed sanhidim. We always want to point out the good. We always want to be the ones that judge favorably, and we want to be the ones that will, are, are the first to defend other people and to show that really other Yidin aren't really as bad as they may look like. Well, by many of us, you know, that's a very, very deep and intense avoda. By the Ishbitzer, it seems that when you learn the Torah of the Ishbitzer, that is the fabric upon which the rest of his world of teaching is based on. The Ishbitzer was the greatest Malametzchus on Yidin that we see in Parshanuyot when it comes to commentaries in the Torah. And I'll try to just give maybe one or two examples, but the Ishbitzer is always constantly trying to show that in our the root of who we are, there really is no chet. There's no there's no sin. We we we're not people that can transgress. And Ishbitzer shows different stories and different situations in the Torah where it's clear to us we learn out on the Pshat how people did really bad things and we learn ways of tshuva from them. Then it comes to Mashiach, and for right now, for instance, the example of the Meraglim pop-up. You know, we learn about the Meraglim and the scouts, the spies, and how they must have fallen so low uh, such big people, they feel so low to teach us that you can be a great, great person, but if your eyes aren't in the right place, then you can fall to the lowest lows and bring about Tishabav to the world, right? And all that's true. However, it comes the Meshilach, and he says this, this is the Malamitzchus piece of the Meshilach. You want to know why the Meragmin came back and reported what they reported? Because they knew they were such great Givaldic prophets they knew with certainty that the moment that Am Yisrael goes into Eretz Yisrael, bye-bye, Moshe Rabbeinu. Our Rebbe 
won't continue with us. They knew prophetically that Moshe Rabbeinu was not going to continue with them. So they did whatever they could to do to prevent the departure from their Rebbe. And they came and said what they said, and it actually even worked. It gave them another 40 years with their Rebbe. Now, the rest of the story, we know how the rest of the story goes. But isn't that a beautiful thing? That a tzaddik chooses to look at the world of, of the Torah with these eyes. So these eyes of the Ishbitzer Givata, they need it today. And that's just one dugma, one example. And we can go through many other examples where the Ishbitzer shows that really in the pneumius of things, no Yidla ever sinned. And for that, the Mashiach was one of the reasons that he was pretty controversial in the world. He's the only Sefer that, from that time, that Aleph has no Haskama, and also is not printed in a Jewish printing press because, well, obviously, concepts like these are stuff that's very hard for people to deal with. But we know what happens with the great eclectic minds like the Ishbitzai. People have a hard time dealing with great eclectic minds, but the Ishbitzai, it wouldn't even say eclectic. Eclectic is even a prost word to use. Ishbitzer is beneath, beneath the surface. If I had to choose one more Nikudah to focus on, to give a little bit of an introduction to the Meshilach, is a constant uh, uh, theme throughout the teachings of the Meshilach is a completely revolutionary approach to prayer. When I think of the concept of davening, of prayer, I look at it as if something happened to me, I had a cheshek, I had a rotsam, I brought it about, it went up, and thus I caused God to close, open the gates, and whatever it is. But basically it's me, it's my initiative, and I'm bringing it forth to Hashem. The Ishbitzer says in Parshas Vayera, it has to do with the birth of Yitzchak Avinu, Hashem pagad asar it's a long time there, but it's the, the, the Nikuda there is that davening is not that I daven for something and God answers. Is that somewhere in my Shoresh Neshama, I hear God saying, I want you to pray for this. And that's what causes me to daven a gavalt over something. So my prayer is really a response to God's prayer for me, to me, a request for me. That explains how Sarah Imenu, our mother Sarah, never gave up on praying to have a child. Because otherwise it doesn't, it, and, you know, based on Alpiteva, based on nature, it doesn't add up that a woman at that age would be praying for something that never happened before. But it's because she was so in tune to the Ratzon of Hashem and when you're so in tune with the Ratzon of Hashem, you can hear God saying, pray for this or don't pray for this. So our prayer, this is unbelievable, our prayer is, so to speak, a response to Hashem's praying for us. Now, there's one, one more thing I wanted to bring up, and we could go on literally for hours, but just to give a little taste of the world of the Mashiach. And I'm not doing it justice at all, it's just sharing a little bit of of what this dance, like I mentioned before, has been like for me. There's one moment, I mean, everyone, everyone always asks you, if you could be alive at one moment, one scene from the Torah, what would it be? 
So after you learn the Mashiach, it's pretty hard to come up with any other scene other than the moment that Yosef Atzadik reveals himself to his brothers in Parshat Vayigash. Ani Yosef What the Mashiach does to us in the Perush on Vayigash, which is known as that's the Ishbitzes. You know, the Ishbitzes. He's the Rebbe in, in, in every parsha. There's two main parshas, and, and you'll have hopefully many opportunities to learn this. This Bayigash and Pinchas, where the Ishbitzer, you, you can't really understand Pnimius Satira without, the, and in a really guided way, without the Ishbitzer and Bayigash and the Ishbitzer and Pinchas. So in Bayigash, when the, the Ishbitzer says that moment that Yosef Atzadik reveals himself to his brothers, and Yosef Odavichai, he takes us in on the emotional reaction that was taking place within the hearts of the brothers. What did they realize the moment that they were standing before Yosef Pitzadik and he revealed himself to be their brother? Ishbitzer says that what's going to happen when Mashiach comes and there'll be a removal of every single Masach Amavdil, every single dividing screen and anything which brought about any form of concealment. All that's going to fall down, and we're going to realize that that which looked to me like a foreign king or a concealment, any form of hastara, any form of the anti-Hashgacha world, all that's going to just cease to exist. And we'll realize that what was behind that face, that mask, was really the Rebona Shleilam Be'atzimah. And the Ishbitzer explains how the closest we'll ever get to tasting what it's going to be like when Mashiach comes, the Kor of Mamish, is found in that moment of Ani Yosef HaOtavichai. When the Mashiach says it in just those precious few lines, he brings you right there. And he makes you long for Mashiach in ways that no one else can bring it about. That visualization, that internalization, is something, it's something that makes everything worth this long journey. So my dear friends, uh, if I could have one wish for all of us right now, one bracha for all of us, it would be to be, to be dancing with the words of the Meshilach, to daven over them, to cry over them, to allow them to penetrate inside our hearts, deep, deep inside our hearts, to go slowly, slowly with the Ishbitzer until his concepts really become refined within. you got to go through a lot. It's a journey, and it's hard, but give vault, is it worthwhile? Baracha v'atzlacha.